Hello and welcome to Retrospection, a podcast where we take a look at an old film or TV show and decide whether it's worthy of redemption or should be staked, decapitated and or burned at the stake. My name's Paul and I'm not a peasant. And my name's Colin and you bore me personally and everything you do for me I find tedious, including this charade. Alright, you, <laughs> you could break it to me easier. I mean... I knew you. I, I had a feeling that you were going to use that one, actually. Did you? I did. Yeah, it kind of fit. It fits what I have to work I, with. Well, I've been hearing very similar things from you for about thirty years, so it's not really <laughs> a surprise, really. So you know. Except this is clean. <laughs> well, cleaner. It's not swearing in it. Not yet. I don't know. <laughs> now, before we start uh, this episode, um, have a correction, slight correction to make. Um, on our last episode, I said that one of the actors that we were discussing had also appeared in the Star Trek episode for The World is Hollow and I've Touched the Sky. One of our great listeners out there, a Mr. Matt Wolski, pointed out to us on Facebook that I got the wrong episode. It was that he was actually in The Cloud Minders, so thank you for pointing that out to us. Did Thanks. I sound angry then? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Now I think about I'm not it. not angry. No, no, I think about it. You did kind of sound a bit peeved. I'm not, no, seriously. I mean, obviously, if we make a mistake, we want people to tell us, don't we? Well, do, but it's kind of a full-time job if people are going to be pointing out our mistakes. It's a slippery slope. You really don't want to go down that road, really. No, they're going to have to quit their day job. They're going to have to be constantly writing emails, pulling up lists. (laughs) It would be easier if people just wrote in when we got something right. Well, they'll never write in then. Oh, right, see? Cuss out the middleman. To be honest with you, though, I, I do genuinely always get those two episodes of Star Trek mixed up. But there you go. Why? Well, it's about them that you get mixed up. <laughs> They're both in the third season. Is that it? <laughs> that's... <laughs> okay. That's my justification. All right. As long yeah, as but you... thank you, Matt. For, for we, you know, if you want to write to us at any point, and uh, that's that's great. On this episode, we'll be taking a look at Hammer Studios' Twins of Evil from 1971. Ooh. Bit of Hammer. Yeah. Can't beat a bit of hammer. You like a bit of hammer, don't you? I do, in the morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Isn't the song Hammer in the Morning? Hammer all day, if I had a hammer. Isn't that a religious song? Well, I don't think that makes the lyric less accurate. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know what you're hammering, though. I don't, I, you know, I'd rather not know. Nails honest. of Life. Nails of life. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, shall I talk about the plot then? <laughs> yeah, go on. you got two seconds. Yeah. Okay, so the plot of Twins of Evil. Twins Maria and Frida. And I wrote, just just so you know, I actually spent time and wrote this down myself. I didn't actually steal it from IMDb this week. Oh, this is your own plot line. This is my own plot line. Are you ready? Ooh, yeah, yeah, ready. Excited already, aren't you? Twins Maria and Frieda arrive at Kernstein to stay with her uncle, Gustav Well. Is it Well? Vile? Vile, isn't it? Vile, it, yeah, it's spelt Well, vile. but it's pronounced Vile. Yes, we'll, we'll go Vile. Or some of them say Vile. They do. They, in fact, uh, there's one character in this who's got two names. What, some people call him Anthony and other people call him Anton. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. I've lost my thread now. Oh. <laughs> I've got to go from the beginning. Is, Twins this, Maria and Frieda. This synopsis is longer than the film. <laughs> oh yeah twins maria and frieda arrive at kernstein to stay with her uncle gustav vile 
leader of the Brotherhood, a fanatical Puritan sect. When Count Kernstein becomes a vampire, as you do, the sisters become involved in satanic evil and witchcraft. Very good. Summed up the film nicely there. Did you like that? Yeah. Oh, good. Feeling I've watched the wrong film, but let's just see how it goes. <laughs> Trust me, the one that I read on IMDb was uh, a lot less accurate than that. Oh, really? That was why I wrote my own. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the film is the third installment in Hammer's Loose Kernstein trilogy. The previous entries being Lust for a Vampire and The Vampire Lovers. Didn't know that. You didn't know that? Oh, you didn't know this was a trilogy? No, no. One of those films is good. Is it this one? I guess we'll, we'll know at the end. Have faith. Could be this one. Oh, lots of people have to have faith in this film. They do, don't they? Mm-hmm. Well, you've got to have faith in, in you know any kind of vampire movie. Because if you don't, you get nailed. Okay. That came out wrong. <laughs> So, yeah. so the film stars Peter Cushing as Gustav Weil, mm-hmm. marking his return to Hammer after a, quite a, an absence due to his wife's death at the oh, time. Okay. Uh, Damien Thomas as Count Karnstein, David Warbeck as Anton Hoffer, Roy Stewart as Joachim. Did you like that? Yeah. I like the way there's a big long pause after you said it, though. Like you're so impressed with yourself for pronouncing his name correctly. You had to pause for like five seconds. Just to think about it, ruminate on it. Well, sometimes I amaze myself. Somebody has to. Well, yeah, I'm not amazing anyway else, am I? Uh, Dennis Price as Dietrich. And twin sisters, Murray and Madeline Collinson as Maria and Frida. Yeah. Yeah? Nothing? Uh, well, it's funny because this whole film was built around them because they appeared in Playboy as playmates together. That's right, and Hammer um, pushed them as the new big things, didn't they? That's not really a good foundation for a film, is it? Oh, it, that was a par for the course for Hammer at that point. I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were they were producing posters for films before they even had scripts. That's the way to do it. It is, it is. That's the way I'd do it if it was me. You'd just stop at the posters. <laughs> and we did. Uh... <laughs> The Hammer knew exactly what they were doing when they uh, when they cast these two, didn't they? Really? Yeah, they're attractive. I'll give them that. Oh, you'll give them that? All well, right. I'm just saying, they're not exactly... Great thespians. That's another vampire film, isn't it? <laughs> Lost through a thespian. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're not exactly... Yeah, their acting does not exactly blow your mind, does it? Doesn't blow my mind, no. 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 The budget for this film was £205,000. That's not bad. That's, That's that not bad, bad, no. Where did, where did that, that go? Nipple grease. Great heavy metal band. <laughs> All these bands we keep finding every every time we do a new episode. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Now, I couldn't find any box office figures for this film. Twisting the Night Away. That was one of those songs. <laughs> any more? No, no, that's it. it. So, yeah, I couldn't find any box office figures for this film, but I think it was... Um... There's two in it. Madeline Collinson and Mary Collinson, very nice box heavy figures. They're not very boxy. Well, you know, yeah, boxy, I suppose. Um, so I couldn't find any box of his figures for this film, but I think it was, um, I think it was modestly received at the time. That's a very polite way of putting it. But at two hundred fifty thousand quid, it can't take you much to make your money back on that, surely. No, and Hammer were the, you know, they they were the geniuses at, at, at producing. You know, class from nothing, really, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. You know? And you can't deny that this film doesn't... I mean, it looks good. 
Yeah, there's some village scenes that are pretty well done with background action going on that reminded mm-hmm. me of a uh, Richard Lester film, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I can see what you mean. Mm. Yeah. So shall we listen to the trailer? Yeah, let's give it a go. Oh, God, have mercy on this poor, unfortunate creature. In old Gothic Europe, they had two burning passions, witch hunting and devil worship. <laughs> the black arts worship the devil they're all slaves to count Constein, and he is their evil master do you know what i want more than anything else to meet count Constein. <gasps> they look alike they dress alike Two identical beauties. But one of them has the very devil in her. For you, all pleasures should be supreme. These are the men they call the Brotherhood. Seek out the devil worshippers. By burning And this is the sister who is about to enter the devilhood. Look, what do you see? We are the undead, immortal. The devil has sent me twins of evil. You will be Maria now unsuspected, good and kind. Think of the havoc you can cause. I thought it was your sister that I loved. But now, I know. Twins of evil. Well, that tells you everything you need to know, doesn't it? And more. So shall we get on? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so it's a rank presentation. Telling me. <laughs> oh, boy. The old ones are the best, eh? Yep. I wonder how many times we've done that now. Every time there's a bloody rank film. <laughs> <laughs> it is, and we'll keep doing it as well. So we open on the words, a hammer presentation in bright purple. See, on my screen it was pink. Oh. Yeah, I it think... Could be like, it could be on colorblind. Well, yeah, it could also be that the uh, version of it was less than stellar. Oh, was it really? Was it <laughs> those, <laughs> was it? Oh, right. <laughs> I've got the Blu-ray. Oh, oh, spoilers! I shouldn't have said that. Really? No, that tells you what you think about it. Oh dear. Not necessarily. We've we've done films before that we own, that's, and they've uh, they've not ended well. That's true. That's true. You just buy any old shit. I actually do. Yeah. 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 So we get a group of religious men. They're riding full tilt through the forest. Full tilt. Uh... What, what kind of position is that? Is it slight <laughs> leaning forwards or leaning backwards? Which way are they tilting? No, I was thinking more full tilt. It was the winner at the 8.15 from Chepstow the other week, wasn't it? I lost money on that one. Yeah, but you, 
You lose money on everything now, don't you? That's true, because I betted on backward slide for the... Oh. We, did we for the what? For the what? <laughs> for the win. What were you betting on? So led by Gustav Weil, Peter Cushing, they come to a stop outside a small cottage where a single light is burning. And inside there's a young woman who is um, nervously eyeing a man's large chopper. Yeah, she doesn't know what he's going to do with it. I don't think he knows what he's going to do with it, and he doesn't get the chance because she thinks she hears something outside. So the man, who's uh, obviously a woodcutter, I would imagine, by trade. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he whittles candles with that giant friggin' axe. He could be skilled, you don't know. Could be, could be. Could yeah. be in yeah. IT. He could be. He could be in IT. <laughs> could be just just what, on the side. He just likes to chop down trees. Was there a lot of call for IT in the seventeenth century? There was. You just don't know about it. Computers made of wood. Yes, that's correct. Oh, oh. I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm learning something. Information theology. It was called. Wow. IT. Where did you pull that one out from? <laughs> Desperation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we know that place well, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> so he pokes his head out the door and he gets smashed on it for his trouble, doesn't he? Wait, his head gets smashed, not the door. Yes, okay. that came out wrong, didn't That's it? That's all right. So the woman screams as Gustav steps through the door looking a bit shifty. Mm-hmm. And she says to him, what is it? Yeah, it's like I've paid already. <laughs> don't, don't take the TV. Well, I'd be asking a damn sight more than that. In this situation, I don't know about you. I mean, I think the first thing that pops by is, who the who are you and why are you coming through my oh, door well, and why maybe, are you... What, maybe they all t- know, though, that what he does, he seems pretty well known throughout the village for his little escapades, so maybe she knows. Although, I must admit, you would say more if he burst in the door and found you because he's clearly got the wrong house if he's looking for a, you know, a female... Witch. I could be a witch. You don't know. You can have male witches, can't you? Warlocks. No, it's true. Hey. So she makes a run for it, only to be set upon by Gustav's men. I'm not a witch, she begs. That's what they all say. Well, you've heard that one before, have you? Mm-hmm. All right. When you go on your... Uh, on your um, Escapades. On your escapades, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's leave it there. <laughs> but Gustav, he... Uh, Snatches away a cross and holding up his arms, begs God to grant her forgiveness and to save her soul. I wondered what you was going to say when you said snatches away her cross. <laughs> it could be worse though if he crosses away her snatch. <laughs> Maybe he tried that before, but he didn't, he didn't get the desired results really, you know. Right, because she's a witch. Because she's a witch. Or, yeah. or not. Or, or not. Well, I think, I don't think it really matters to him, does it? No, it doesn't. Because he's, you know, he, he, he calls on God to save her soul, and to do that, he um, ties her to a stake and he burns her alive. That'll work. It seems to be the solution for everything, though. You phone that, have you? Yeah, every time they, you know, something comes up, they're like, burn it, burn him, burn her. They do like their burnings, though, the Brotherhood, yeah. don't they? Yeah. 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 Particularly one or two of them. They're a bit, uh, they're a bit eager, let's yeah, say. Yeah, over-enthusiastic about it. But you can't beat enthusiasm in your job, really, can you? No, maybe he just likes to- toasting his mashed melons on the flames. Oh, good callback. Thanks. I used that the other day, you know, I said marshmallows. Did no one call you out and point at you and laugh? I got a few funny looks, yeah. yeah. 
I'm sticking with it. I'm going to own it, as they say these days. I, I can see them from here. What, my melons? Your marshmallows. Your marshmallows? Yeah. I must remember to cover them up. You should. Mm. They don't like the light. They don't. No, they tend to shrivel, to they be do. honest. Yeah. This is weird, isn't it? It's a bit weird. <laughs> you started it. I don't. I didn't know where I was going with my marshmallows, but you know, you no, never do, no, do you? No, you don't. No, just yeah. not near flames. Oh, they got like a rocket. <laughs> they got what, like the type of lettuce? Oh my god! <laughs> god. <laughs> that, that was a sideways pull. If ever I've seen one. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, you're making vegetable jokes now. I'm amazed. I'm amazed you knew that a rocket was a vegetable. Oh, you'd be amazed at the things I know about lettuce. I would, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Genuinely would. Spin-off podcast, there you go. Vegetables. Vegetable spection. Lettuce-spection. Oh, nice, I like that, yeah. Yeah. Veggie-spection, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, lettuce-spection's good. Let's close this one down and do that now. Yeah. All right, thanks for listening. Bye. You, I'll get me curly kale out, like, shall I? Uh, no, not today. I think it's gone by its best before day, actually. So, Oh, so we were talking about a film, weren't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, sort of. So as Gustav prays and the girl burns, we get the titles. And a rather rousing musical score by Harry Robinson. Well, what do you think of this uh, music, then? It's, it's very epic for the type of film that we're watching. It is. It doesn't entirely fit, does it? It does for the first... I would say 10 seconds, and then it makes a change. It does, doesn't it? And it gets a little too jolly. <laughs> as the, as the woman, people are burning. Yeah, as the woman burns and the flames are all over the screen. But then again, maybe it's just reflecting the enjoyment that they're feeling in their job. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, then you get and the, they're clearly enjoying it. And you get the credits on screen. You do? Good old Dick Bush. Dick Bush, I saw Dick Bush. You see, you see Dick Bush a bit later in the movie as well, don't you? You do, yes. Yeah. Also, did you notice who wrote the screenplay? Tudor Gates, wasn't it? That's a name? Yeah, Tudor Gates, legend. I thought that was just mentioning the architecture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you hammer noob. <laughs> screenplay by Wooden Fence. <laughs> Tudor Gates is a legend. Okay. Is, and that generally is that person's name? Or is that yeah. just a stage name? As far as I know. I'm sure someone somewhere will correct oh, me God, if I'm wrong. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not offering an opinion. Oh, it'll happen. Don't worry. So after the tiles, we, um, we cut to two boys enjoying the Nintendo Switch of its day, jumping up and down on an old tree branch. Ah, those were the good old days. When you could just be happy with a bit of wood yeah and you just break your arm <laughs> to be honest with you these days i'm happy with any kind of wood i've heard that <laughs> well you heard the wood yeah i know i'm creaking but i like a thick branch oh yeah i've heard that as well yeah <laughs> i've heard the rumors um <laughs> oh you'll cut that out won't you yeah <laughs> so Do- there's a carriage Go on. Just, just leave the phrase, I've heard the rumours in, but no context whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, yeah, I like that. 
So as the carriage passes by, um, we see that it's carrying two sisters, Frida and Maria Gellhorn. Hmm. I didn't realise the name was Gellhorn, did you? Well, yes, I did. Did you? Yeah, because I looked at the credits. Oh, it doesn't say the name's Gellhorn, does it? In IMDb credits, it does. Oh, you don't think so. Oh, I had to, so I knew who people were. <laughs> Spoils it for you. It is an unfortunate name, though, isn't it? Gellhorn. Yeah, it's not great. Right. They're, they're a lovely couple of ladies. <laughs> All right, Les. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're very attractive. I can see why they were chosen for the film. Yes, they've got some interesting points. I'll give them that. Mm-hmm. Got freshness about them. Freshness, I like it. Yeah, very good freshness. Mm. I like that. Which yeah. fits in with the film's tone. It does. It does. And uh, as they they wave to the children as they pass them by, and a few farmers as well. Mm. Now, did you notice that the, the, these farmers, their work seems to consist of moving one pile of straw onto another pile of straw? Again, it's funny to see your work ethic in a lot of these films that we watch. <laughs> I wouldn't move the straw. I'm yeah. not a mug. What's the point, right? What's the point? You're going to move it from there to there. It's still straw. That's true. That's true. Yeah. The, the fools. Exactly. Yes. Now, unfortunately, there's another carriage that, with a broken wheel that's blocking the road. And as they come to a stop, the girls remark at the sight of the stock footage castle up on the mountain, don't they? They do. We get to an exposition where they look out and they go, oh, look, there's Castle Grayskull. They do. Now, this castle, we've seen this castle before, you know. Have we? In another Hammer Castle, film? Yes, it was Castle Dracula in Scars of Dracula. Oh, it's just had its name changed. It does. He's subletting. To, it was the, it was the, um, the same castle that uh, the little matchstick figure of Dracula fell over the battlements at the end. Well, in fairness, one castle looks like another. That is true. And when you, yeah, you've seen one castle, you've seen them all, really, haven't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, they say. And turning to their extremely friendly and charismatic co-passengers, they ask, who lives there? She says, Count Kontestein. And I went, what? I'm sorry, who? <laughs> she didn't say that, did she? Well, what's his name? Kernstein. Oh, it didn't sound like that when she said it. Well, in all fairness, people pronounce it differently all through this film, don't they? They say Kernstein, Kernstein. Kernstein. I, I have to admit, I never heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> if you like, we can, we, can, we can keep that one if you like. Yeah, and the acting at this point is appalling. Oh, it is, it is, and they're, they're just trying to be as sinister as they possibly can be in a very cartoonish way, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And they, the sisters, tell these two that we've come from Venice. Thanks. Yeah, and they get a right dirty look for that. Well, it's not surprising. It's a dirty look if you're coming from Venice. It stinks, doesn't it? I don't know. That's what the thing I don't understand. It's like as if she said like she came from Southport. <laughs> I wonder which tone you were going to use. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, Venice. And she just gets this day look. It's just, I just thought, mm, okay. Maybe Venice is the south port of... Uh... Where, where, where is this? Italy. Is well, it? Well, I don't know. I Venice, we were... Venice is Italy, but where are we I in thought the we were... film? Kernstein's, I suppose it's Transylvania or something. I guess it could be. It's where the vampires hang out, isn't it? Transylvania? Um... Yes, according to the song. Which song's that? Count Docula <laughs> theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it must be true then. Of course it is. That's where I get yeah. all my knowledge from. <laughs> well, everything. 
everything from tomato sauce knowledge to uh wow all right i didn't know that yeah. i'll learn something new about you yeah so continuing on the carriage passes into a small village narrowly avoiding trampling a few geese and chickens did you notice that i did yes mm-hmm. there was no health and safety for, for uh, animals back in the 70s was there no no mm. i don't know okay be at it for people to be honest that's true and the girls are greeted by the aunt kathy who remarks that she can never tell them apart. Could yeah. be important later. Everyone keeps saying that throughout the film. In all fairness, you can't tell them apart, though, can you? No, that's true. They, they are freakishly similar. But yeah, except one looks a little older than the other. But the identical twins. Were they born at exactly the same time? That's how it works, isn't it? No, one has to come out first. <laughs> so what? <laughs> <laughs> maybe they uh, maybe they didn't maybe they came out at the same time Oof. and did you notice that um when they all go inside we get a, we cut to a bunch of locals and they're kind of literally just drooling on the floor aren't they yeah i mean there's there's three men as well like when they're getting off the coach standing mm-hmm. and they're talking but you can't hear what they're saying but it's all like nudge nudge type stuff okay. you know what they're saying yeah yeah it's like watching three poles <laughs> I'm perfectly uh, polite in uh, company. Mm-hmm. That's why, yeah. It's just when I'm talking to you and our lovely listeners. Okay. So we cut to the ants' home, and uh, everyone seems a bit nervous, especially Kathy, as their uncle is due home any moment. And she points out to the sisters that uh, the customs here, well, they're a bit different than in Venice. Yeah, yeah, they burn witches rather than uh, drowning them. That's that's the only difference. You're right, pal. And she tells the sisters that um, here they'd still be wearing black because of the they should be mourning their family rather than the matching green dresses that they're both wearing. Now, this is the first time when I realise that they're they're only there because their parents have died. Oh, so in, in previous viewings, you never realised that. And I, I never actually took it in. Oh. I don't know what was distracting me. Oh, really. I can't imagine what it was. The 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 nuanced script. Ah, of course it. That's what it was exactly. It yeah. was. Now Frida already seems very annoyed with everything because she's always she's already aggressive and shouty. Yeah, we definitely see even in this early scene the the difference in the two girls' personalities, don't we? Yeah, beautifully acted out. It, they're not that bad. <laughs> I've seen worse. Right. Really? You know? <laughs> oh, come on. You've seen worse, trust me. So while Maria is happy to uh, change into something more somber, Frida is feisty and argumentative about it. Mm-hmm. And I, my, my next note was, what about these two performances? But we've kind of covered that already. So. Uh, a little bit, yeah. So as they're about to go upstairs, the door opens and their uncle is home. And shock surprise, their uncle is Gustav, the crazy witch-burning fanboy. Mm. Yeah, yeah, not going to be a warm welcome. No. <laughs> oh, oh it might, actually, it might be a warm welcome if he gets that fire going. <laughs> oh, and he's going to get it going, trust he me. Is. What kind of plumage is this, he cries. Do you know the fourth commandment? Uh, is that the one about not... Trespassing your neighbour's wife, ox? I thought it was the one about not coveting our neighbour's wheelie bins, but... 
Though we've broken that a few times. What the wheelie bin? Or the ox? <laughs> Both with each other. Well, I, you know, in all fairness, I really shouldn't have tried to get the ox into the wheelie bin. Well, it was better than when you did it the other way around. <laughs> it wasn't as fun. Okay, for the ox? <laughs> for me? Oh. <laughs> well, that sounded a bit evil, didn't it? <laughs> it did, yeah. The ox didn't get a say-so. Oh, no, I gave it a choice. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not a monster. Yeah. Do you use the wheelie bin or burning? <laughs> well that was when it refused the wheelie bin, but there you ah, go. Okay. And uh so he says, Honor thy father and mother. Your parents are not yet cold. I think they probably are. Yeah, I mean it's been a few days, right? It must take them some time to travel. Yeah, and it's not a particularly warm country, is it? Wherever this is. No, although it's warmer wherever Gustav is, as we've, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but he, he takes the heat with him. He does, yeah. He does, yeah. Now, already we're getting a, a bit of a master class from Peter Cushing here, aren't we? It's just a little flick of his eyes as he sees the sisters for the first time. He's kind of, mm. you know, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't do that, though. <laughs> that might... Taking the film in a whole different direction. Yeah, that might have ruined it slightly. <laughs> Ooh, missus. <laughs> Don't you know the fourth commandment? Ooh, I'll say I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that didn't happen. Yeah. So the girls go upstairs and Gustav takes off his shoes and puts on his boots saying that he's going out to a meeting of the Brotherhood. Yeah, that made why me did... laugh. Yeah, why did he even come home? To check... <laughs> Apparently, to go to the Brotherhood, you need to wear your boots. Yeah, I mean, strictly boots only. Yeah, you can't wear your shoes. No relaxing at the Brotherhood. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, in all fairness, though, I mean, you need those boots on, don't you? Because if you're, if you're going to go off for a night's burning... You need to be you wearing know, you, something comfortable. You do, and you protection as well. Wait, he's taking condoms with him? Well, who knows what goes on at these meetings? It's all men. What goes on in the Brotherhood stays, stays in, the, in the, brotherhood. the Brotherhood. Yeah, yeah. Literally in the Brotherhood. Yeah. <clears throat> so at the meeting, Gustav is uh, preaching about the signs of evil in their midst and about the mark of the devil. And then they go on a massive burn-them-all meltdown, don't they? Yeah, they don't, they're like, oh, you know, that woman, she she's a witch because she lives alone and she's really attractive. Um, so she must be a witch. And then that other one up the street, she lives alone and she's really attractive. Let's burn them all. Just burn everything. What evidence? No, 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 no. This is all the evidence we need is that she's attractive and she lives a loud burner. Oh, you, you, I mean, you don't want to mess around with stupid stuff like evidence, do you? Apparently not, no. It gets in the way of the burning. That's true. I mean, nothing to get in the way of the burning. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I will not. Trust me, I've tried. Nothing gets in the way of the burning. I've tried cr- creams, I've tried <laughs> ointments, nothing stays with you. That's where I was going to go to. I knew you were. I got there first, didn't I? <laughs> Did you notice as well that when all the um, all the Puritans are, are talking amongst themselves, when they're talking about this, these I know one that lives down the road. There's a lot of rhubarbing going on in the background, isn't there? Yeah, right. Yeah. See, I could have done that. Yeah, you could. You wouldn't been good at it. You could have done them all. Could have done them all. I do like these holy men. Um, I like that they're all living in one place, and um, 
they must be keeping the local sweatshop workers in a ton of work churning out these matching uniforms hats and cloaks don't you think yeah possibly although i suppose you only have to make a dozen and then you're done they can just wear them all the time they're only yeah, wearing... but, well, yeah because they never take them off you never see gustav wearing any kind of different outfit do you that's true because he's pious <laughs> i think you should see a doctor about that there's creams you can get for that you know is that stop burning mm-hmm. Stop the burning. <laughs> That's why he's obsessed with it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I've had pious in my time. It's not good. No. So as you say, one of them says, I know of one. A young girl in the woods lives alone and refuses to take a husband. He's, he's literally tenting at this point, this guy, isn't he? Looks like it. They're getting very enthusiastic. Burn her, they scream. So Gustav, he silences them. And for a moment, he seems to be wrestling with his conscience. Yeah, he's just wondering which matches to use. Well, he is, because he quickly goes over, picks up his leather gloves, and as he heads for the door, I mean, the rest of them are practically trampling over each other to get out. Right. <laughs> it's burning! Yeah! Yeah, it's like me on t- 10.30 on a Sunday night trying to get one last round in, to be honest. Right. Uh, you know, it's such a lie. I've never seen you get a round in. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Uh, <laughs> it's like you, 10.30, trying to get out the door after someone else has bought the last round. <laughs> Again, true. <laughs> <laughs> Although, to be honest with you, the, the, you know, the, the pub's closed at half ten round here, so it's disgusting. Do they? So, no, yeah, they do. Yeah, it's disgusting, isn't it? Makes yeah. me sick, it does. As long as you've got your principles, your, yeah, your, your moral outrage... I'm getting my soapbox like that. I'm going to stand on it. No, I won't. No. So we cut to Frida and uh, Maria in bed together. Mm-hmm. It's all fine. It's all good. Yeah, I mean, it was good for Malcolm and Wise. It's good for, it was. Good it was. for... Uh... It, in all fairness, Malcolm and Wise didn't look like Maria and Frida, though, did they? No, that is true. That's true. It would have taken a mm-hmm. lot of work for them to look like that. It would. It would. A lot of CGI. Oof. Tons. And Frida's complaining about having to go to bed at 9 o'clock. It's a bit early, isn't it? 9 p.m.? Well, I don't know. What else is there to do? There's no electricity, so there's no light. So once it goes dark, what are you going to do? <laughs> go stand around one of his burnings. It's all oh, the light you need there, true, isn't it? Although I'd, yeah. I'd have her in bed by 8. <laughs> I bet you would, sunshine. <laughs> You'd have her in bed by 8 and her sister in bed by 5 past 8. <laughs> Oh, actually, no, you'd need about half an hour, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, I've got to have a yeah. sandwich. <laughs> uh, let me just take a sip. <laughs> What's the taste of that out of my mouth? Mm-hmm. That's what she said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Maria's is trying to uh, Maria's trying to defend Uncle Gustav, but Frida's she's unconvinced. She compares Gustav to um, the creepy old man that used to watch her in the park as a child. But then again, it was the 70s and they were all at it, weren't they? So... It's probably a, a DJ or someone. A DJ or someone? <laughs> you got you got one in mind, have you? <laughs> well, it could be any of them, really, couldn't it? Could be. Yeah, so, so Frida seems to be a bit more... Uh, um, worldly. Yes, worldly is a good answer. And she thinks uh, her uncle is basically a pervert, right? I think it's a, it's a testament to uh, how uncles have been derided over the years, don't you think? Um, it's always the uncles. It's always the uncles? Yeah, you know, I, why oh, is it yeah, always I guess, the, I guess it is. You know. 
It yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all right. You, yeah, that's true. Cut, cut them some slack. Okay. All right. Obviously, if they, if they are doing it, then don't. Oh. This is what I'm saying. I'm not saying cut them some slack if they are. No, you know. c- cut off the slack. Cut off the slack, yes. Well and truly. That was a weird aside, wasn't it? I don't know where that came from. I, I didn't know. write that one down. It just yeah. popped into me. You got a thing about uncles all of a sudden? Justice yeah, for yeah. uncles, going to be wearing a spider suit, <laughs> see hanging from the Houses of Parliament. It could happen. <laughs> I do need to move, though, don't I? So, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, that involves a lot of needlework and then a lot of climbing. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, probably won't. No. Meanwhile, the Puritans arrive at the girls' cottage that they were talking about, and they silently watched, though, aren't they, by a Burchester Joachim, servant of the Count. Mm. Yeah. He's always Burchestered as well, have you noticed? Well, it's got, like, fur and stuff. <sighs> yeah, that's right. Grizzly. Oh, God. <laughs> it's just the way he walks. <laughs> you got any more? No, I'm done. All right. I'm done. <laughs> So in the cottage, the girl blows out a candle as Gustav watches through the window. You still there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm listening. I was, I was gripped. I was just thinking of Gustav firstly whacking off while staring through the window. <laughs> well, you're standing a bit close to that window, isn't he? He's yeah, literally he pressed up right against it, yeah. you know. Um, and then, bang, Gustav kicks in the door. And he finds Wait, the whoa, girl. whoa, whoa, whoa. He kicks in the door. I don't remember... 80-year-old Peter Cushion. I'm bigging him up. I'm bigging him up. All right. He kicks in the door to find that the girl's getting frisky with a young man. (gasps) It's Count Karnstein. Mm. Mm -hmm. He's got a remarkable collection of chest hair, Count Karnstein, hasn't he? He's borrowed it from Joaquin. (laughs) (laughs) How did he get it off him? Uh, Shaved it. I wonder whether he... He whackeamed off. All right, keep going. <laughs> Just keep going quickly. We'll pretend it never happened. <laughs> what is the meaning of this, he demands. We seek the servants of the devil, says Gustav. Well, you found one, me. Now, fuck off. <laughs> That's basically what he says. Pretty much, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Gustav accuses Karnstein of arrogance because being an aristocrat, He's protected by the Emperor. Mm. I, I don't mean Emperor Palpatine. I mean the Emperor. Yeah. The Whoever emperor. this Emperor is. The Emperor. Yeah. But Karnstein tells him to bugger off laughing as they go. Well, he doesn't tell him to bugger off laughing as they go. That would be, <laughs> be, be a bit, bit weird, weird, wouldn't it? Would, yes. It's like, okay. <laughs> as they ride off. It no. would have been an interesting choice. It would have been, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And Kernstein's mocking him. He mocks him some more outside, telling him that he can uh, have the girl if he wants, and he throws her to the floor. Mm. And the girl's like, hang on a minute. This, <laughs> this has suddenly took a turn, hasn't it? That's right. You're on my yeah. side a minute ago. Yeah. So angered, Gustav pulls out a pistol and slowly approaches Kernstein. Kernstein eyes him nervously as Gustav takes aim. But suddenly, Joachim steps in front of him. But Kernstein says, no, let him shoot. And the Emperor will hang them all. Mm, nicely done. Thinking better of it, Gustav lowers the weapon and buggers off. He does indeed, yes. Mm-hmm. And all these men breathe a collective sigh of relief, I would imagine, as well. As soon as a bit we said, they'll hang them all, I'd be like, oh. um, just, <laughs> you'll see me slowly moving backwards into the shadows. 
<laughs> yeah, he looks around and everyone's gone. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's not as much fun now. They never dare stand against me and my men. Uh, men? Where are they? Oh. Where have you gone? <laughs> Just... Tumbleweeds. Yep. Bit like our show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Karnstein mocks him, and uh, he tells Gustav to pray for him. Yeah, he does. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't pray for him. Doesn't he care. doesn't pray So out riding and with uh, blue balls. I beg your pardon? <laughs> blue balls. What? Well, they've obviously got blue balls, haven't they? Why? Because they've, they've not got the rocks off that night with the burning, have they? So they're a bit disappointed. Okay. That's the phrase, isn't it? It's not what I'm aware of. I heard it somewhere. Have you? I can't remember where. All right. Yeah. I really, I really should stop looking at those websites, shouldn't I? So, when a snooker match you were listening to? <laughs> now I've just got the snooker loopy going around in my head. Oh no! Don't do that. Yeah, that'd be don't a weird. That'd be a don't. weird episode of retrospection if we did that, wouldn't it? It would, but uh, we we've never considered doing anything like that. No, Jim Davison's big break. And it was. Yeah, it was. Well, no, oh. Elephant in the Castle would have been his big break. Up the elephant and round the castle. Is that what it's called? Yeah. A long time since I've seen it. I was no, the, never forget. I, I, An elephant I, never forgets. I, I was I was thinking of the edited version. <laughs> Director's cut. Is that <laughs> yeah, what it was? Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, so yeah. So they're out riding, disappointed that they uh, they haven't got the rocks off with a good burning that night. Uh-huh. But they come across a cemetery and they find a man dead with a bite mark on his neck. Okay, so I have a question. Go on. Who, who did this? Uh, we haven't had a vampire yet, have we? No. Ooh. Yeah. Um. Maybe he did it to himself. Oh, that's impressive. <laughs> How did he manage that? He bit his own neck. <laughs> yes, he, he bit his own neck. That's a hell of an overbite. Exactly. Well, you know, he's ambidextrous. Okay. That's the word, isn't it? That is a word. It's definitely a word. I've heard it in the past, yes. I think it means that you can write with both hands, doesn't it? It, it does, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> Thank mean you. you can bite your own neck. Or maybe it does. Well, there's not a word for that, because you know why? Go on. Can't happen. <laughs> As much as being bitten by a vampire that doesn't yet exist in the movie. Well, there's no vampires in the movie because <clears throat> they haven't appeared. They haven't been changed into vampires. So who is doing this? Maybe maybe the vampire that appears later goes back in time and bites this guy in the neck. Time-travelling vampire now. Well, they changed the rules so much in this film. Anything's possible, really. So. All right. But you, yeah. genuinely, you don't have an answer to that. And you no, don't, no, and no. That never, and that never bothered you before? Well, I'd never thought of it until you just mentioned it. Oh, so thanks right. for that. Okay. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. So uh, Gustav says, let us ride. And off they go. Mm, hell for leather. Yeah. And where, whenever they're on their horses, then that theme tune always kicks in. Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. The horses are playing it. It's what it is. It, it does feel a bit Monty Python-ish, doesn't it? Which isn't the movie's fault. It's more Monty Python's fault, I think. But yeah, it does feel a bit. 
I imagine the Monty Python were riffing on hammer tropes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that in them. Yeah. So annoyed at the lack of burning, they find a random girl out walking and run her down, tie her up and burn her alive. Hey, job done. Good day's yeah. work. Good. I mean, I'm not being funny, but there's a lot of walking around in the middle of the night. You would think people, isn't that if you were aware that there were a group of people burning women who were walking around at night, you wouldn't be a woman walking around at night. You'd like to think that possibly you'd avoid it, I think. I think so, unless it was really important. And she appears to be just collecting flowers. In a basket? Yeah, at night. Yeah. Mm. Is it night, though? I mean, is Hammer using their uh, legendary filter on the uh, camera so that they can shoot during the day? Well, they probably are, but she doesn't know that because, you know, she's in a make-believe world, Paul. <laughs> well, we know it's night anyway because we hear an owl, don't we? Wait, what was your rules about, you know, when it's night? Didn't you have a hammer rule? Yes. It, you know it's night if there's an owl hooting mm-hmm. or if there's a vampire walking around, i.e. Dracula. Okay. Then it's night. So we have the owl because we don't have any Draculas. Although apparently we do have a vampire. Who we never see, but we don't know who he is and he's never captured. I'm still going for the biting your own neck thing. All right. That's what I reckon. So back at his home, Gustav's going all Alf Garnet about Count Karnstein, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Kathy warns Gustav to be careful, but Gustav is going full tilt about the Count's perverted orgies and stripping, devil-worshipping stuff. Now he's going full tilt and he's not on a horse. Yeah, but, you know, you get started on those orgies. Is that a fr- you can't help it. It's full tilt a phrase you came up with and decided you loved it. I do like it, yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. that's fine. I'm not being funny, though, if you ask me. He knows an awful lot about all these orgies that are going on at this castle, don't you think? Uh, I will read you a line in my notes. He seems to know a lot about it. <laughs> hey, great minds, on. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got all the details. He just goes on about it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And at the end of the day, I mean, he's com- he's complaining about Karnstein debauching young girls. What does he rather that he was doing? Burning them alive? Well... The death kill at the end of this film is pretty even between the evil vampire and Gustav. If anything, I would say that Gustav's probably killed more. That's probably true, because we haven't seen what he's been up to previously. No, and he's probably been doing this for a while, but his age. I mean, he's probably been knocking around for a while, hasn't he? So he's the villain, really. You know what? I think he is. So unknown to him, Frida has been uh, listening upstairs, hasn't she? And she tries to get Maria to listen, but she refuses because she's a good girl. Yeah. That's true. That sounded a bit sinister the way I said that, didn't it? Oh, that she's a good girl. <laughs> Rubbing my trousers. Yeah. <laughs> so Frida looks uh, looks out the window at the castle and admits that um, more than anything, she wants to meet Count Karnstein. Mm. I wonder why. Because he's. I mean, ex- she, she doesn't. She's never met the guy yet. She doesn't really know much about him. No, but she's attracted to the the parties and the the darkness and the excitement that the village doesn't give her all right because she's heard you know gustav describe it <laughs> yes and he, he described it all right didn't yeah, he and he made it sound great yeah yeah <laughs> sign me up yeah so we get a big clap oh that'll, be, well, the, that'll pe- be the debauchery one <laughs> yeah there's penicillin you can get for that yeah that'll be the, the... that'll be the burning <laughs> it never goes away i'm telling you once you get it doesn't oh Bad memories, bad memories. 
So we come to the castle where uh, Karnstein is watching the local Penn and Teller tribute act, isn't he? Yes, that's true. He is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, at first you think that it's an actual ritual, and then you realise it's just make believe. It is. It's um, some hooded devil worshippers pouring blood onto a naked girl. But Kernstein, he's not impressed at all. And he tells his servant, Dietrich, that he's bored. And that um, he's heard that Gustav's got two pretty nieces back at the village, hasn't he? Mm, he does. But what do you think of Dennis Price in this, in this very tiny role? I really like him in this. I think he, um, he kind of, he plays it in a way that he's really condescending to Kernstein. But yet, at the same time, he's kind of a bit scared of him as well. Yeah, he kind of plays it like he does in films where he would play someone who's officious. Yeah. You know, yeah. like a bureaucrat. Mm-hmm. So Apparently he was very unwell at the time that they made this film. Is this, he was pretty old, right? Yeah. yeah and, he, uh, he wasn't long for the world after this, I don't think. Okay. And it, it's a very small role. He doesn't really have much to do. It's only in it, like he, three scenes, I think. But he, But when he's in it, you notice him, don't you? Yeah, he, you do. he does. He does bring something to it. Yeah. In the same way that Peter Cushing does every time he's on screen as well. Right. Yeah. So Dietrich warns Kranstein against um, provoking Gustav. And he says, um, I don't know why I implore you, Dietrich. You bore me personally and everything you do for me I find tedious, as you pointed out to me earlier. Mm-hmm. That's where the line was from. It is a good line, though, and it's very funny. Actually. Yeah. And the hooded worshippers are uh, rubbing blood onto the girl's nipples. Did you, did you see that uh, moment? I, I he was a very famous outlaw at the time, right? Who's that? Rubbing blood. <laughs> He's merry men. I like it. Thanks. So Kernston kicks them all out, and he points to the pictures of his ancestors on the wall, telling Dietrich that they were pure evil, not like the charade that Dietrich has arranged for him. Mm. And Dietrich leaves, and Karnstein suddenly remembers the naked girl. She's still on the table. Oh, hello, he says. Is that how he says it? He does. He says, oh, hello. Okay. Did you like that? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, picking up a knife, Karnstein stands over, and he begins his soliloquy to the devil. Hello. Hello, devil. (laughs) Shut up, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a bit. Oh, sorry, are you doing a bit? Okay. I am. All right. Oh, Lord of darkness, I am weary of this world and its pathetic pleasures. Teach me to reach beyond the flesh. How do you reach beyond the flesh? Uh, anyway. With, with one of those claws that you get in those arcade machines that pick up toddly toys and drop them in things. Yeah, but you can never catch it, so you'd, you'd always miss it, wouldn't you? Mm, they never that's, work. That's the but... inevitability of trying to catch the flesh that's why I don't bother reveal yourself to me that I may bow down before you and be your servant give me the power to do your evil and he looks down and she's gone no (laughs) good board (laughs) she's been talking for ages she's just slipped out no she's, uh, she's still there Unfortunately for her, because Kirsten plunges his dagger into her, killing her instantly. Yep. Now, as he does it, he cries out, Satan! Does he? <laughs> it does, yeah. That, that's the, in fact, what he didn't know was that whole speech doesn't work, but just that last bit is what 
causes it to well, occur. Just yelling Satan. Satan. Yeah. yeah. That's all he had to do, really. Pretty much. Yeah. So his blood drips down into... <laughs> Sorry. All right. I just, I just read ahead of what I wrote, and uh, it, it chuckled. Made okay. me chuckle. Is it a joke? No, not really. Uh, no, it's just me being childish. So. Oh, Kel Surprise. <laughs> I'll try and do I'll try and do it without laughing. Okay, you ready? Right, yeah, <clears throat> go on, give it a go. Anytime so blood... you want to, just go ahead. I'm go... Yeah, all right. Don't yeah. make it worse. The longer right. I leave it, it's harder. It's yeah, 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 yeah. That's what they say, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Anytime so if blood... you like doing it, just go ahead. So as blood drips into... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Anytime right. you want to do it, just go ahead. All right, I yeah, yeah. Are you ready? <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> so as blood drips into the crack in the table, don't know why that made me laugh, but it did. I was I'm really struggling to read that. That's it? I think it's the word crack. Yeah. All right. It's what we're dealing with. All right. Get used to it. All right. But it's not a table, is it? It's a sarcophagus, and the blood falls onto a body inside. Now... Oh, okay. So I was kind of confused. Go on. Because to me, it just looked like a room underneath. And I was no, like, I was like, look, has he not noticed he's got this room underneath with this shroudy uh, <laughs> body thing? It would be more disturbing if he never realised that this table was was a sarcophagus. Well, that's what I was thinking. You know, he bought it at IKEA. You know, didn't realise there was a decomposing corpse in there. Huh. But it's re- okay. All right, you know. so that's what's going on. Okay. Yes. And we get more clappage, and all the candles blow out. Mm. And slowly a shrouded figure rises and walks across a mist-shrouded floor to where Kernstein is enjoying a cup of wine. Mm. I don't know about you, but all that smoke on the floor, somebody's left the oven on, haven't they? Yeah, too, probably. You could probably smell it if you just sniffed a couple of times. Yeah. So sensing a presence, he looks around, and at first he's terrified. But then the hood gets pulled back to reveal it's the beautiful Mia Carla. Mm. I, I love his reaction. He's terrified, but as soon as he realizes it's a bit of toy, he's like, oh, hello again, isn't he? So who is Mia Carla to him? Any relation? Yeah. His dead wife? No, no, no. She's an old... Ah, you see, this is why you, you haven't seen the other previous movies, have you? Oh, God, it's like a Marvel thing. I need to do research to actually enjoy the thing. <laughs> Got to read 15 books, look at a cartoon series. Well, the, the original Mia Kala was played by uh, Ingrid Pitt. Oh, okay. Um, so this is the, the same character, but different the actors. The same character, same character. All right. Although they don't really go into it, so you don't really need to have seen the other two anyway. It's a very loose trilogy. Okay. Oh, I hate... <laughs> I had a loose trilogy the other day. <laughs> Yeah, you and me both. Oof. Although not not at the same time in the same oh, place. No, that would be odd. You know, well, like explain, it would explain a lot. <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah, sharing that stick. Um, so back at Gustos, Frida is still looking up at the castle. Back at the castle, Karnstein is there, and we see a close-up of an inscription that says, "Countess Mirkala Karnstein died fifteen forty-seven." So that explains who she is for you. Well, it doesn't. No, it explains that she's Countess Mia Kallikarnstein and that she died in 1547. And But doesn't tell me the relationship to him. She's just there. <laughs> All right, okay. All right, let's go with it. 
Right. So Kernstein, uh, he gets it on with Mia Carla and explains that she's uh, she explains that she's going to turn him into one of the undead. Mm. And he has a bit of a kiss and uh, a bit more of a squeeze. Right. And then she has a nibble. Mm-hmm. And uh, <sighs> Hammer never one to be subtle about things. Let me guess. They give us a close-up of her hand as she tenderly rubs a candle up and down before <laughs> gripping it very firmly. Yeah, that made me laugh. Yeah. It was an interesting uh, moment, I thought. Yeah, it's a good choice. I've got to say, though, you could tell that this film was made in the 70s because there's no way that would pass health and safety these days, isn't it? I mean... I wouldn't allow a candle there. It was dangerous, isn't it? It is, yeah. Are you rubbing a lit candle up and down? Anything could happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get a close-up of the chest of a statue. We do. We do. Just in case yes. you fail to get the point. Mm. Oh, Unlike she's her. Getting, she, yeah, she's getting the point, all right. So afterwards, Mia Carla and Kernstein look in the mirror. She's got no reflection. No. It's a well-done effect, isn't it? I mean, it's obviously a practical effect. Yeah. And she bites him, and slowly his reflection fades too. Now, I'm not being funny, but for it to work on him so quickly, she must be riddled. She probably is. She's positively riddled with the stuff, isn't she? Mm. Do you think we need to talk about Hammer playing fast and loose with the vampire rules? Right. Because they, they tend to do that a lot. You know, you, you go back to the the very first um, Dracula movie in 1958 that they made. They, they go to great pains to say that, you know, it's almost no supernatural element to, to being a vampire at all. It's, it's more like a disease. But then as we go along, they start to change the rules and... and at one point, I think Christopher Lee even gets staked, and because the person doesn't believe in God, he just pulls it out. Oh, okay. And so in this movie, we get you know we get walking around in daylight, which is fine because that's in the original Stoker novel anyway. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but then we we get the whole thing later about burning doesn't bother them, and um, you know this whole thing about you know they don't even have to die to become a vampire; they just get bitten and they instantly turn. So, so it, it, they kind of they change it from film to film, basically. Right, whatever suits the plot of the film in question. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. But then again, Hammer were always economical with everything, weren't they? Yeah, they're just trying to make an entertaining film, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think so. So the next day, the sisters and their aunt are travelling in a carriage when they're stopped because there's some huntsmen riding through. And the girls watch as uh, they kill a squealing pig. They're killing the boar, she tells them. It's a good thing that you're not in this movie, isn't it? I was uncalled for. <laughs> After the shit you give me every time. <laughs> I did actually write me and I crossed it out and I thought, no, why should I take it? I'm not going to insult myself. Damn, just delete the line where I used you as the joke. <laughs> one of the weird things is it's supposed to be a bar, but you don't actually see anything. It's just like, why is it underground? Yes, you just see this. You just see this bit of straw moving, don't you? Yeah, well, and the, the sound of a pig, or what I presume is a pig, could be villagers for all I know. It's probably not even the sound of a real pig. It's probably John Leeson doing a voice. So we cut to the local girls' finishing school. What are they finishing? Being girls. That, oh that, yeah, that, that Anton. Yeah, he's working his way through them, mm. like a dose of salt. And they're all attractive. Well, they would be, wouldn't they? Why? Because it's a hammer movie. 
Oh, okay. I thought you meant in the world that they inhabit. <laughs> well, this fictitious Transylvanian country. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out why in this fictitious Transylvanian country in medieval times all the women are attractive. Maybe they only let attractive women go to this school. Did you think of that one? No, I didn't. You're right. Well, w women only have two, um, you know, places they can go in this world, don't they? You you either become a serving wench mm -hmm. or you go to this finishing school. And then what do you become after you've been to the finishing school? Oh, you never finish. Oh, you're just always in the finishing school. You're always finishing, but you never finish. Okay. <clears throat> Bit like life. All right. That was oh, yeah. depressing. I know. Ugh. So Kathy introduces the girls to Ingrid, the schoolmaster, who remarks that she'll never be able to tell the two of them apart again. Yeah, just in case we haven't got that point. Mm -hmm. And it's revealed that Ingrid's brother, Anton, or Anthony, depending on who's saying the name, Yeah. Um, that he's the choir master. And he's also, surprise, one of the huntsmen that we just saw outside. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Anton arrives, and all the schoolgirls collectively heave a have a. I'm gonna heave. No, I'm gonna start again. <laughs> <laughs> it's Anton. I, I can't stand. <laughs> I just I, 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 I ruined my own joke. <laughs> I ruined my own joke, but you came up with a better one. I was gonna say that they all collectively have a diet coke moment, but. Uh, Oh, yeah, the thought of them heaving was a lot funny. <laughs> also, the Diet Coke, well, what are we, 1985? Wait, it's retrospection. Oh, I see. So We've had I... this conversation. You told me off for this the other week. So, <laughs> so now you're doing, you're doing references to commercials that are 30 years old. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Looking, well, that's what we're here for. Looking forward to uh, when we do uh, a monster film and you do your Chewitz commercial joke. Oh. <laughs> I'll be doing that one, don't you worry. Okay. <laughs> so Anton um, steps into the room, and he sees the sisters for the first time, and he seems to develop cataracts all of a sudden, doesn't he? Yeah, and they do this. Oh, someone else does that later as well, Dietrich, doesn't he? There's mm. a weird thing that they do that. Why does that happen? I don't know. I suppose it's this is supposed to show that he can tell the two of them apart, isn't it? That he's only really interested in the feisty one. How does he know she's feisty at this point? Just walked into a room. Because she's got a, a strange aura around her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is a bit of a weird effect, though, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't understand it. But he seems to have a magical uh, way to tell them both apart. And um, just out of curiosity, how old do you think these schoolgirls are? The rest of the schoolgirls in this finishing school. Well, we've had this question before, that people in the 70s are kind of, their ages don't match what they look like. So I reckon they're all five and six years old. <laughs> I hope not. I don't know Let's how old they are. 18? 19? Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Early 20s it, at best. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And he's like you... twice their age. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's probably about 50, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> The two of the schoolgirls um, have an awfully acted exposition moment, don't they, where they talk about how Anton seems to be the only one who can tell them apart. Right. <laughs> it's nothing like flogging a dead horse, is it? So Frieda and Anton have a discussion about hunting boars, witchcraft and Gustav. Mm -hmm. And Frieda is feisty and strong-willed about it all. And Anton, you know, he's, he's literally, you know, 
foaming at the bit here, isn't he? He is, yeah, yeah. He's in, he's, he's in Lost. He's in Lost. Where's that then? Ah, uh, it's just outside Reading. <laughs> There's no Lust in Reading. <laughs> Trust me on that one. That sounds like a um, book or a film, doesn't it? Lost, Lost in Reading. Lost in Reading. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, Maria wants to uh, know the history of the town. So Anton reluctantly gets out his big book of Transylvania and starts reading to her, doesn't he? Ah, he knows how to woo the ladies. He does, he does. So as Frida's looking out the window, a coach pulls up and out steps Count Kernstein. Mm. And the Count gets an eyeful of Frida's best points, doesn't he? He does, because she she's leaning over, making sure he gets the full picture. He do, well, he gets the full picture, all right. And he goes over for a chat. Now, unfortunately, Gustav uh, rides up at that point, doesn't he? And he warns the Count away, telling him to get, telling Frida, sorry, telling Frida to get indoors. Mm. <laughs> I love the way he reacts to him as well. Kernstein just says, you, sir, are impertinent. He's right, he is. I've mean, got to say, you can say what you want about Kernstein. I mean, he's got his faults, obviously, you know, the whole vampire thing, you know, the devil worshipping. But uh, he was clearly brought up well. Yeah, he's got manners. Which is he's got, he's well mannered. Yeah. Nothing you can say about a lot of people. What do you mean by that? I wasn't aimed directly at you. There's no need to take it personally. I'm just saying, generally, people oh. don't have manners anymore. All right, yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I mean, admittedly, they're not vampires either, so you know. Well, not all of them. No. You know, there's a few people out there that would suck you dry, given half a chance. And I, th- I actually didn't mean that in the way it sounded either. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's sounded really angry and bitter again, didn't it? It did, so what's, yeah. wrong, what's wrong with me tonight? I don't, I don't know. know. Personal life creeping into the podcast. You, remember, mm. you're playing a character, Paul. <laughs> we're, we're playing characters. Don't forget that. This is not, I, who, I, it's not who we really are. This is an, an act. Is that right? Mm. Oh, I wish I'd known that from the beginning. Oh, well. I'll play a character then. Shall I do a voice? <laughs> Wait, you're not doing a voice? Yeah, I've been doing it. you got to say my commitment. You know, I've been doing it for 30 years now. Method. <laughs> method. Oh, there's a method there, trust me. So Gustav tells, uh, he tells Kernstein to bugger off again and that his nieces will be ordered to stay away from him from now on. All right. That's going to work out well. It will. So later that night in the bedchamber again, Maria is upset that Frieda is sneaking out to meet the Count. Sorry, what? Say that again. Sneaking out to meet the count. All right. It sounded like you said stinking out to meet the count. I'm sure she's uh, very hygienic. I'm sure she is. Um, Maria begs her not to go, but Frida threatens to hurt her if she doesn't keep quiet. Yeah, she's quite a nasty piece of work, Frida. She is, yeah. yeah. Which one would you go for, then? Oh, it'd have to be Maria. Oh, you want the nice one, do you? Yeah. Frida would kick my ass. Oh, oh yeah, I, f- I forgot that. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> All right. So Frida is uh, off in the woods at night by herself. Now, again, I, I know I mentioned it before, but um, this was all clearly shot during the day with a filter over the lens. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know it's night because, uh, again, we hear another owl hooting in the distance. In we fact, do. I think we actually see the owl, don't we? We do, yeah. Added measure, yeah. Suddenly, she's grabbed by Kernstein's manservant, Joachim, and bundled into a carriage. 
And she doesn't really put much of a resistance up, does she? No, once she realises who it is. No. Although, I think she kind of smiles at him at one point. Has she ever met him before, the manservant? No, but then again, she strikes me as the kind of a, a girl that wouldn't mind being lifted off her feet by a, a suspicious big man in the middle of the night. Okay. So taken to Kernstein Castle, she finds herself having a nice spot of dinner with the Count. And the servant, Dietrich's there, and there's another woman named Goethe. Bit of Goethe. Well, what a hurt her. You're rapping, though. Well, yeah, I do tend. <laughs> I, oh, I am called the yeah. Snuggle Sea Dub. That's my uh, Is it really? rap name. Well, are you on Spotify? I have to look out for you. Yeah, you can. You can find me on there, my playlist. Wow. All right. Again, something new. Uh, or as I like to call it, my slams. Your slams. <laughs> I really don't want to know about you and your slams, to be honest. That's what my track was called, my slams. Oh, that, oh thanks. That's all okay. we like to do, right? All right, okay. I didn't know you were so down. Well, yeah, you learn these things. Yeah, Snuggle okay. C-dub. Did, Co- didn't you tell me, didn't you tell me that you... Coming at you. No, please don't come at me. I don't, <laughs> I don't want you coming at me, trust me. To Satan, says Karstein, raising a glass. Dietrich voices concerns about the uh, magician's assistant disappearing. You know, the girl that the Count stabbed earlier. Yeah. And he says that uh, the girl's parents are threatening to go to the police. And Karsten finds this the whole thing funny and suggests paying them off because he says, all peasants are greedy. Yeah, it's also funny that apparently there's actual police in these places because all these girls are being burned alive and the police don't seem to be doing anything. Well, burning alive to a penny, but as soon as one goes missing... Oh, that's different. I mean, yeah, I mean, at least if they're burned alive, they know what's happened to them, don't they? Wait, so how does the police know that they're burned alive? Does he fill farms in? Well, you know, you, you, <laughs> I know it's Transylvania, but it's all very British, so somebody's filling forms in somewhere, aren't they? So there's paperwork for a burning. Oh, there's got to be. There's got to be. All right. I mean, they, they're civil servants, these people, aren't they? Ah, oh, that's how it works. All right. You've got to say as well that paying off the girl's parents is a very 70s way of dealing with this thing, isn't it? Yeah, went on a lot. Apparently. Apparently. Allegedly. Mm. So back in the village, Maria is uh, fretting about Frida, tossing and turning. So uh, and Gustav, um, he's on his way to bed, but he lingers at her door for a moment. Now, do you think that there's a s- slight hint of that maybe he's contemplating something inappropriate here? I wonder, but I think it's more that he he was going to check that they're both there, but then a part of him doesn't want to know if she's missing because then he has to do something about it. It could be. But the, I think the genius about Peter Cushing is that even though, you know, everyone always remarks that he was such a really nice guy and he, he played heroes really, really well, but he also could do that that hint of sinister, couldn't yeah. he? He was, he was very good at that. Yeah. Um, so I think, again... It's open to interpretation because of his performance, I think. Yep, I won't argue with that. So back at the castle, Karnstein's getting bored again, and he tries to uh, play Frieda and Goethe against each other, doesn't he? Mm, he does, yeah. And Karnstein threatens Goethe with punishment, and as she tries to leave, Joachim grabs her. You don't mind if we play with Goethe, he asks Dietrich. Mm. And all the while, we can see the look of enjoyment on Frieda's face while all this is going on. She's really getting off on this, isn't she? Yeah, she's excited. Now, Maria again goes to the window and looks up at the castle, still concerned about her sister. 
And Kirstie is standing behind Frida, telling her how beautiful she is. I, I did like the glowing inverted cross. I thought that was a nice touch. It was, yeah. I enjoyed that. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it a lot or just a bit? A smidgen. A smidgen. You like a smidgen of burning crosses, do you? I do. don't like them too much. Uh, they repeat okay. on me. Oh, I was thinking more along the lines, oh, you like, you like uh, a smidgen of burning crosses. Uh, how do you feel about the colour white? Uh, I don't mind it. You like pointy hats? <laughs> well, they've got the letter D written on them. <laughs> I have no idea what you mean by that. Is that really a thing, or, does it, or is it just a myth kind of thing? I think it was a thing, was it a, thing? a long time ago, oh, probably. Okay. You're talking about the dunce's cap? Yeah, was that actual... I think it was a thing a long, long time ago, before our time. Yeah, I mean, although you could actually quite easily see that being in our high school. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they had other ways of making fun of you. Oh, they, they perfected uh, almost every way imaginable, I would have thought. Mm, throwing board rubbers at you, drawing mm. pictures of you on the board. Yes, that was a good one. And that was the professor doing that, I know, the teacher. I know, I know. <sighs> Great days. Yeah. Golden age of school. Golden age of school. <laughs> so, um, it's so tempting to describe what was actually drawn on the board. Because I never forgot <laughs> it. Go on. Well, there was a, a kid in our class who was... Uh, um, how to be polite. He was slightly overweight, right? I would say so. And the professor drew a dot on the screen around, um, on the board, around circle, mm. colored it in, and mm-hmm. then drew like smoke coming off it. Mm-hmm. And then said it was this pupil running to the school dinner line. <laughs> oh dear. How do you get away with that? I don't know how he did. Well, you, he didn't stick around, did he? He was gone after one year, wasn't he? Yeah, well, that's hardly surprising, is it? <laughs> I, I remember his name, do you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, we won't say it, though. No, probably made headmaster. Probably. I always thought, I'll tell you who he always reminded me of, because he always used to dress in very sharp, tight-fitting suits, didn't he, with very small, tiny ties. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And, I, and and he had quite big quiff-like hair. Do you remember? Right. I always thought he reminded me of Dirty Harry. Oh, I can see that. It was the same mm-hmm. kind of jackets, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Things you remember. Mm. Anyway. Back at the castle. Yeah. So, yeah, so he's he's holding Frida from behind, as you do. And he says to her, For you, all pleasure should be supreme. And the biggest pleasure there is, is a pint of best and a packet of port scratchings. No, no, it's not. Um, the biggest pleasure there is, is... You know how to treat a lady, right, Paul? I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the skills are here. Um, now, the biggest pleasure there is, is the taking of a human life. Apparently. Mm, all right. Is that true, Colin? Um... It pales into insignificance to a Vionetta. Well, most things do, yeah, obviously. Uh, that, do they still sell them? Because I was going for an old thing. Like, Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm glad you kept it on... Uh... Kept it to retrospection. Yes, that was good. Yeah. Uh, yes, they do still sell them. Oh, well, that's ruined that then. Yeah. 
Bayonetta's are here forever. They're never going to go away. They don't exist over here. Well, there's only people in this country that are stupid enough to eat them, probably. Probably, yeah. So Frida, um, who's up for anything, obviously, at this point. Even a Vionetta. Yeah. She, oh, she... Oh, especially coming she... from Venice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds Venetian. <laughs> oh, Mr. Ambassador, you're spoiling us. Oh, no, that's a different chocolate. I know, but I couldn't help it. Okay. It's the first thing that popped into my head. All right. Yeah. They were exotic as well, weren't they? They're supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> they still exist as well, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Ferrero Rocher sell them here. I like them. They're pretty good. Advertising. Do you think we'll get some free ones? Yeah, they're, they're gorgeous, aren't they? I love them. Yeah, so do I. Hmm. I, I wouldn't mind a Vionetta, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, yeah. Although, but... although we're probably shit all over that one, though, haven't we? So. <laughs> yeah, probably. Plus, I can you know do without because once it's been shipped over, it's probably not going to be worth eating. <laughs> You get a puddle. Yeah. <laughs> you sent in a bucket, you'd be all right. Okay. You could refreeze it. Re- a refrozen Vionetta. Oh, you'd never be off that toilet, would you? No. You might as well just it... eat it while sitting on the toilet and save, like, <laughs> any time. <laughs> it would probably come out looking much the same way it went in, to be honest. That's true. <laughs> oh, what a horrible thought. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so she's up for anything. And um <laughs> <That's random. laughs> she is, isn't she? She's up for anything. Okay. And she's shocked when she sees that Kirsten has no reflection. Mm. We are the undead, he tells her. And she says, Speak for yourself, I'm not yet. No, yeah. No man can harm us unless he bores a stake through our hearts or beheads us. So all men can harm you then if they do that. Yeah, that's uh that's true. Is yeah. that, nothing special about that. But then again, Castings, he's hes pretty much a glass-half-full kind of vampire, isn't he? Looking at it in that way. Yeah, I guess he is. Yeah. No one is protected from us unless they have a cross. I'm sensing a pattern here. Mm. He's just mm-hmm. listing all the things that can get to him. Mm-hmm. And she says, you're a vampire. She's a bit slow on the uptake, isn't she? A touch. Now again, here we get a change to established Hammer vampire lore. Because Kirstine explains that vampirism is a test from Satan. If she's bitten and she dies, then she's not worthy of the gift. But if she turns, then she's been chosen. So this has never been in any... This has never been in... No. no, Okay. Interesting. So so anyway, he he reveals his fangs. So um, he has a bit of a nibble, and Maria at home, she seems to feel it as well, doesn't she? Because she's got that weird connection, that twin connection that they have. That's right. She wakes up and clutching her neck. She does. And Frida, blood flowing from her neck wound, instantly has a set of her own gnashes, and she's got no reflection. So I told you, riddled. Mm. Yeah, it's quick acting. They're all riddled. It is. There's, there's not, she's not quick acting. Oh, yeah. Oh. But it, again, it's very economic storytelling from Hammer, isn't it? And uh, I did like the shot of them embracing beneath the smoky archway with the two-headed goat statue in the background. I thought that was very well put together. Yeah, it's very nice, yeah. There's nothing like a two-headed goat statue. No, you can't beat one. Nope. Well, you probably could. Well, it'd be hard to beat one because it'd be two heads, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. you wouldn't know which one to start with, really, would you? Left one. Why the left one? Um, because you work from left to right when beating head two-headed goats. Well, there's the voice of experience, folks. He's uh... Trust me. Uh, oh, I do, implicitly. 
especially with two-headed goats. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I won't trust you with a two-headed goat because obviously you'd beat it to death. So right, yeah, but, don't leave know, me alone with one. Oh, <laughs> oh, really? I've heard that about you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> again, taking a funny turn. But there we go. Um, oh, oh, not funny as the case may be. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I, I often forget that we're doing this for other people. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, that's probably a good way of thinking about it. I think it probably is, really. <laughs> so Kirsten, having uh, having Goethe chained to the wall, he gets Frida to bite her right on the boobies. Yeah, it cuts away pretty quickly, though. Oh, but you, you, get, you know what's happening. I, I get the gist. What? Gist. Oh, right, okay. It is, it is weird how this film is slightly coy when you compare it to the other two entries in the Kirsten trilogy. In, in the um, Ingrid Pitt movie, she has a full-on sort of lesbian encounter in it. And you, you get full frontal everything. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's because of the age of the two leaders? Could women? be. But then they ruin it later with, another, with a shot. There's a particular shot in the movie that... Uh, that we'll get to soon, hmm. and we'll talk about it when we get there. But uh, I'm sure you will. Yeah, I remember um, Ingrid Pitt getting it on with uh, Kate O'Mara at one point in the previous movie. Hmm. That was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Moving on. Uh, they're both dead, aren't they? Oh, bloody hell! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, clearly, just bring the whole podcast down. In fact, isn't everybody in this film probably dead? Oh, I'm sure there's one or two still alive. Okay. So meanwhile, the Puritans have managed to find themselves another victim. I mean, which? Hmm. And um, they have another little bonfire, don't they? Yeah, another random innocent woman burned to death. you got to say, though, if my local council went about their business with half of these guys' commitment... We'd have a damn sight less potholes around here, for sure. That's yeah. This really is would. the second podcast you've brought up council and potholes. Do you have a problem in your street or something you're trying to get off your chest? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the roads around here are awful. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just call me Ben Elton, right on. No, let's not. Yeah. What? No, no. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> All right. Maggie. Let's talk about Maggie next. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so Anton and Ingrid are having a, a fireside chat mm-hmm. and he's all riled up about what the Puritans have been doing you know the burnings and stuff yeah pretty much it really burnings I did like the fact that Anton sees evil in the Puritans more than he does in the Carnstains at this point doesn't well, he yeah that's fair enough well I do like the way that they approach all the witchcraft stuff and, and, and the way that the Puritans are, are treating these women in this movie I do think it was handled a lot better in Witchfinder General from 1968 oh you do why is that I think sometimes Hammer in their eagerness to shock they sometimes they lose sight of, of what it is they're trying to shock you with sometimes mm-hmm. whereas I think Witchfinder General is, is a far nastier movie and it shows you a lot less than what hammer do oh okay so ingrid tells anton that she doesn't get his uh, fascination with frida because maria is obviously the nicer of the two she's right but anton he likes a bad girl and he and he can't see the the appeal of maria at all really he's, he's nuts he's what 
What's wrong with him? He's just insane. He's mental. Maria is far nicer. Well, you're judgmental, aren't you? Well, let's 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 think about this. All Maria All right, come on. <laughs> Maria's done is that she's just followed the rules of the household, while Frida has turned into a neck-biting vampire. So I think I'm pretty correct about preferring Maria. Yeah, but you'd have more fun with Frida, wouldn't you? I mean, granted, you'd be dead at the end of it, but you know. Yeah. Oh, oh maybe you wouldn't, because in this movie you could turn into a vampire if you're chosen. That's true. I, I'd I'd take me I'd take me chances. You know what, though? If I was another vampire and you got bitten and you were one of the chosen ones, I'd want to quit as a vampire. <laughs> I mean, that's really lowering the standard of vampirism, isn't it? You don't know what I could bring to it. Oh, no, I do. <laughs> so, saucy, saucy 70s postcard phone. <laughs> hey, that's what they're missing. They don't, they don't know what they're missing, and that's what they're missing. Okay. I'd bring that. I'd bring that. I'd bring... Um, Volivons. Wit, wit, oh, uh, 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 possibly volivons. Yes, <laughs> I bring snacks. Wait, you'd bring you bring wit if you. So if you were made as a a vampire, you'd bother to bring wit to that. The fuck you not been bothering for the last thirty podcasts? <laughs> but I'm not a vampire. You say. All right, so we got to wait till someone bites you, and yes. then you, oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna have to get. Call somebody, get that done. You <laughs> call somebody. Oh, yeah, you got you got some vampires on speed dial, have you? Yeah. <laughs> Gotta have to get that sorted. Wow. All right, okay. Well, as long as it's Frida, I don't mind. Returning home, Frida tells Maria that she uh, she doesn't care about what their uncle thinks anymore, and Maria says that she's uh, covered for Frida while she was gone, pretending to be her, and that Gustav whipped her. Now, why does she pretend to be Frida, and then get? whipped for not knowing where Maria was when she could have just said that she was Maria and not known where Frida was and got whipped anyway. Again, it's because she's stupidly nice and she'd oh, rather right. protect her sister and take the beating for her than let her sister get the beating when she came back. No, but she still get beaten for not knowing where Frida was. So she is. get beaten either way. So yeah, why she pretend get, to be yeah it gets beaten either way because she's the one that gets beaten. She's, she's obviously not that bright. And hey... Lay off, Maria. (laughs) (laughs) Say what you want about Frida, don't care, but lay off, Maria, sunshine. Oh, I'm sorry. Touched a nerve. All right. So Frida warns that if Gustav even touches her, she'll kill him this time. And all the while, Frida is sat in front of a mirror with a single candle burning. And it's a simple, practical effect, but I think it works really, really well. Mm, It does. Yeah. Later, Anton is composing a new banging tune on his harpsichord, isn't he? Yeah, the... yeah it well, is. It's, it's a banging tune. It's, you know... I guess it's a banging tune, yeah. And the schoolgirls, they're loving it, aren't they? They're sat behind him as he's doing it. Yeah, it's like watching the Beatles. It is, it is. If the Beatles were slightly out of tune. Yeah, and, and, and only one of them. And only one of them. Yeah. Well, some would say a lot that there is only one Beatle, really. There is. George Harrison. Ringo. 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 <laughs> so they leave, and to Anton's horror, in walks Gustav. And he tells Anton that he knows about a letter of complaint that Anton wrote about the Puritans' practices. And turning it around, threatens Anton with both himself and Ingrid being investigated for witchcraft themselves. Yeah, so now he's, to me, this is a point where he's crossed over from 
just being like obsessed person doing wrong things but for what he feels is the right reason now he's actually mm -hmm. doing wrong things for a wrong reason he knows he's threatening people to cover up for what he's done yeah he's trying to protect his own position isn't he basically yeah so now he's changed slightly now yeah and they have a bit of a discussion don't they about philosophy and versus science and religion and stuff like that yeah and... <laughs> just like that just like that but Kush is perfect again, you know, because he, he comes in the room and at first he's really quiet. In fact, he's silent at first, isn't he? He doesn't speak at all. Mm -hmm. um, just kind of menaces around the room. And then, he, and then he, when he talks, he's calm at first and he builds and he builds and he builds. And then he suddenly flies into a rage and then brings it all back down to quiet again, doesn't he? Mm. You really love really Peter Cushion, right? I do. I do. I miss mm. Peter Cushion. Oh. Oh. Wish he was still around. Oh. And during the argument, Anton uh, talks about how burning will do nothing against vampires. Why does he suddenly bring up vampires? Um, he just says, you do know what when you burn them, it won't do anything against a vampire. And he's like, well, I'm burning women, I'm not burning vampires. They're supposed to be witches, aren't they? Yeah, there's this, it's like there's a whole story that's not being told. Because remember, they found that body at the beginning with the two bite marks. Yes. yes. But... We don't have a vampire anywhere, so... At well, that on? point, we didn't, did we? No, so what's going mm. on here? Do they they think they've got a vampire anyway? Well, they're probably, you know, your bog-standard, superstitious Transylvanian village, aren't they? So they just automatically assume it's a vampire. I would imagine so. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, I'm going to make a nice cup of tea. I'm going to put my milk... <sighs> the milk's off. <laughs> Bloody vampires! <laughs> So Gustav leaves, and later Anton performs his new song to Ingrid, doesn't he? It is. It's a it's a chat topping hit. Yeah, all the rage it's... in Transylvania. Yeah, coming in at straight in at number two. It's definitely number two, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's definitely number two. So Anton tells Ingrid that she needs to go and visit a distant relative because he wants to get her away from Gustav's threats, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. So back once again in the bedroom, Frieda and Maria are discussing. Um, the danger to Anton. And Frida mocks Maria's concern for him, doesn't she? She does, yeah. Because she's naughty. She is, yeah. So Maria tells Frida that she uh, she wishes that she wouldn't go out again tonight. And it's an interesting moment as Frida admits that she has to go out, otherwise she doesn't know what she'll do. I.e., I'm getting the impression that she means that she'd buy her sister. Oh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't think about that. Mm -hmm. She kind of gives her a look that says... Uh, she almost looks touchingly at her, doesn't she, when she says it? She says, I have to go out, otherwise I don't know what I might do. So she's protecting her. I think so. Like... At this okay. point, she's still got a little bit of humanity still in her. Right, I just thought she was bored and needed something to do. <laughs> There's no video games, and the only <laughs> IT person in the whole village has been killed, so... <laughs> this is true. This no could be... internet. Yeah, it's perfectly oh. valid, yeah. yeah. Although I think yours is more accurate. Oh, thank you. So Ingrid seems to have uh, taken Anton's suggestion to visit the uh, relative quite seriously. And she seems to have set off in the middle of the night by herself in the woods. Well, you want to get there and arrive in morning. I don't think she's going to get there at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know it's, it might be a spoiler, but I'm pretty sure she's not going to get there. Oh, no. Also walking in the woods alone is Dietrich. Uh -huh. Is this some sort of notorious dogging spot that, that 
<laughs> Everyone seems to be going out in the middle of the night in these woods. Well, they go out in the middle of the night because that's the coolest time of the day because in Transylvania it clearly gets really hot during the day because that's why Joachim is not wearing a top most of the time. <gasps> yes, so, of course. Yeah, They're trying so to cool off. Cool off, yeah. The cool okay. night air. So pausing for a rest, Dietrich thinks that he sees Frida by a cave entrance, but she disappears in a weird shimmering haze, doesn't she? Because he has that look that was used earlier yeah. in Anton. Mm-hmm. So as you do, he goes in for a better look, and she jumps him, and she has a bit of a bite, and she throws his body into a big puddle. Yeah. And that's the end of Dietrich. Oh, yeah. No one seems to but, care. No, no. Never mentioned again. No. So next day, Anton's taking Ingrid, Ingrid's class for her, and one of the girls asks for one of his songs. Please, God, no. <laughs> just, just, just don't. Just begin, before class started, he, he went up to her and he went, um, here's a fiver. During <laughs> class, if you could just, you know, mention how you'd like to hear one of my songs. Money's all yours, love. I'll tell went, you what, okay. though. That, that girl's getting bullied after that lesson, isn't she? Oh, yeah, definitely getting picked on. But, um... Saving us from a fate worse than death, Gustav barges in and stops him from singing, doesn't he? Oof. Yeah, close one. Yeah. So, schoolmaster, you do not believe in the devil, he says. And his Puritans bring in a body. And it's Ingrid with a bite on her neck. Mm. Never got to that relative. There probably wasn't even a relative, was there? He just told her there was to get her to go. Well, then wouldn't she go, what relative? Oh, you know, the old aunt, uh, Fanny. Yeah, but it's her relative, not his. Maybe, maybe... Yeah, got nothing. Okay. <laughs> oh, Peter Cushing again, he's so watchable in these scenes, isn't he? God, God get a room. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, that's why I said it. So that night, a Puritan is out walking. Although, the way I've written it, it looks like I've written, he's out whacking. It probably is. Probably. More, out in more, them woods. Probably more accurate. <laughs> so he's out in the woods and he finds Frida lurking about, doesn't he? Mm, and he can't he believe his luck. No. Right. Especially when she comes on to him. She does what on him? She comes on to him. She starts like, you know. <laughs> she starts kissing him. Oh, oh, right. Okay. All right. I wonder what you meant. Child. So biting him, he screams. And hearing the screams, the Puritans leave their meeting and approach Frida, each carrying a shiny silver cross. Mm hmm. They're all identical as well, these crosses. Do you notice? Well, like they've jo- been manufactured in one... Job lot. Yeah. Uh, it's cheaper if you buy, like, more than one, if you get a manufactured... Price goes down the more you manufacture. I wish I wish you told me that before I bought all my crosses. Oh, you just bought one, or did you buy a batch? No, I bought... Uh, no, no, no. I bought one, and I needed another one, and I bought them all separate. <sighs> That's you... not how you do it. Well, you could have told me, couldn't you? You didn't ask. And none of mine are as, quite as silver as these. Either. Right. They, you know, they don't do that weird um, silhouette thing on the wall when you shimmer it in just the right way. Yeah. I like. Did you really just do a shimmer with your shoulders when you said that? I did, that? yeah. <laughs> I forget you can see me. Yeah. <laughs> you just did a shimmer. You know what, Paul? Just calm down. You know what? Don't get cross. You're not shimmering now, are you? I'm not shimmering. I'm shaking, but I'm not shimmering. So flinging herself at Gustav's feet, she gives him... Wait, what? Bear with me. Bear okay. with me. Flinging, him, flinging herself at Gustav's feet, she gives him some um, flim-flam about being oh, attacked by a vampire. Flim-flam. <laughs> a little bit of flim-flam. 
bit of cream on yeah. top. Oh, hungry now. <laughs> Stop the podcast. Yeah, start the podcast. You want some flim flam? Flim flam time. So he tells he, she she talks about being attacked by a vampire, but Gustav uh, he's not being fooled by this. He's been around, he's seen it all. So well, he puts across. Also, there's blood all over her face. There is, there is, and he he puts across to her face, and she recoils in terror, revealing her fangs. Mm. The devil has sent me, twins of evil! He exclaims. Well, it took a. Really long time to get the title of the film in. Yeah, it's always good when you can get the title in, though, isn't it? I always love it, but usually it's early. But this is towards the end, mm-hmm. thankfully. <laughs> so sensing an imminent burning coming on, they bundle her into a horse. Onto a horse, not into a horse. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> that must have took a lot of uh, lubricant. <laughs> She's very small. That is true, she is, yeah. And they take her to jail. Apparently there's a jail in this place. He's like, I don't think you've quite understood the uh, Trojan situation. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a real horse. Oh, you're fixated on that now, aren't you? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but from behind a tree, Carnstone's manservant has been watching. Burchested again. Yeah. Now... I'm sure I saw one of the Puritans chopping wood in the background at this point. They were that excited. Is that a euphemism? <laughs> yeah, if you like. I do. <laughs> but these Puritans, they're like British people in barbecues, aren't they? As soon as there's a sniff of sunshine, they've got it out. <laughs> yeah. At home, Gustav's wrestling with his con- conscience. His what? His conscience. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> his stutter. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but, but Kathy tells him, no, that Maria must be innocent. She could expect it from Frida, but not Maria, because she's boring. She's nice. Boring. Nice. But clearly Gustav thinks that the evil could be in both of them, doesn't he, at this point? He's just supposed to burn everything. He does, he does. We get an interesting discussion where Kathy and Gustav um, talk about, did it ever occur to him that being so hard on the girl, he'd only beaten the evil into her, not out of her. Yeah, finally she stands up against him, even though he's been murdering women left, right, and centre. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Finally she actually stops him. And we start to see a little bit of a chink in Gustav's armour as well, don't we? Like, you can see him thinking on this. Yeah. Afterwards. I have tried always to be a good man, he says. It's a bit like I've tried to go teetotal, though, isn't it, really? I mean. It's not possible. Well, I've tried. You did? Yeah, I've tried. Oh, I remember seeing an article about all the breweries were in, were in black armbands and were in tears <laughs> and the prices were plummeting and people were smashing up barrels and just running wailing in the streets. I remember that. Well, I've got a responsibility to the economy, you see. So. You do, personally. You manage it and maintain it. I do, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, Gustav says that the final decision on freedom must be made by the Brotherhood. You don't really want them. So really. Really, no, they're just nuts. They just want to burn well, the, everything. Yeah, their go-to is burn it. <laughs> yeah, everything. Doesn't matter what well, it is. So, so shall we go with the red wallpaper or the blue wallpaper? Burn it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know it. what? I was doing my laundry. I got a sock missing. Burn it. <laughs> That's good advice. Yeah, it is. And then you won't have one missing. Yeah, exactly. Got no socks then. No. 
Upstairs Maria is uh, distressed. <laughs> Upstairs in her sleep. Maria, different from Upstairs. downstairs Maria. <laughs> <laughs> Two different people. We haven't met them before in the film. Upstairs for thinking, downstairs for dancing. Oh, I love it. Um, upstairs Maria is distressed in her sleep, muttering about Frieda and Count Karnstein, and Kathy overhears as she's tucking her in. So Kathy leaves, and the Count is standing at the doorway, looking rather smug, isn't he? He is, yeah. And he pulls back Maria's covers, but she's holding one of those shiny silver crosses. Karnstein hisses in anger as the reflection of the cross hits him slap bang across the face, doesn't it? It does, yeah, which is the best place for it. I won't ask. <laughs> <laughs> so back at the church, the Puritans are uh, itching for their burning. <laughs> oh. <laughs> burning from the itching. And Frida's locked in a cell, pulling at the bars. And back in the bedroom, the cross finally slips from her hands due to all the tossing and turning that she's doing. Yeah, and as it falls, the Count's like, ooh, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, he's like, finally. How long has he stood there, do you think, really? <laughs> I wrote that down as well. He's playing a long game, this guy, Yeah, he's just he? stood there going... <laughs> Starts to slip a little bit. She's relaxing yeah, her like, fingers. Oh, going, come on, come on, come on, come on. And then she grabs it again. Yeah. And he's like, oh, <laughs> Gets a book out. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, love, sons are going to be up in a few minutes. <laughs> Wait, is that, is that the accent he uses? Come on, love, sons up in a minute. He only puts his posh phone voice on when he's in company. So. Oh, okay. He has, a, he has a posh fang voice. So picking up Maria, he and Joaquin take her outside. Take her, I, should, I shouldn't have paused there, should I? <laughs> Not really. So. so the Brotherhood decide, guilty. What a surprise. Yeah, like I was ever in doubt, really, yeah. was it? I mean, considering all the evidence they've needed before, now they've actually got someone with fangs <laughs> dripping blood. But Gustav, he kind of reluctantly sanctions a burning this time, doesn't he? He's not 100% convinced, I don't think. No, he's only good at burning people he doesn't know. Exactly. You don't want to, you know, you can't you don't shit on your own doorstep, do you? Oh, phrase has been used again. Yep. Back at Frieda's, <laughs> back at Frieda's cell. Kernstein turns up and uh, Jedi mind tricks the jailer, doesn't he? He does. And um, they go in and they replace Frida with the unconscious Maria. And Kernstein's got a plan. Frida will fool everyone into thinking that she's the instant Maria, leaving the real Maria to burn in her place. Yeah, that's evil. Well, she's evil. That's true. Next, they they swap clothes and we get uh, a gratuitous... um, boob shot don't we but it's in silhouette yeah it's tastefully done tastefully done doesn't last though does it no no so back with the puritans gustav tries to uh, stave off the burning <laughs> we've all done that we've all done that stave off the burning <laughs> until morning oh i amuse myself <laughs> well you have to someone has to be amused throughout this podcast well they're having none of it and Anton enters and he begs for them to stop. But they set off anyway for a good night's burning. Oh. <laughs> I like saying burning. So do they. Yeah. At the jail, they take Maria out. <laughs> so Martin they take... said, they just take her they, out. They take they assassinate her. her. <laughs> yeah. And one of the men remarks that uh, because she's asleep, what more proof do we need? I mean, bloody hell, you're not kidding. You nodded off in front of the telly in front of one of these blokes, aren't you? you the, the, level, the threshold for evidence is really low in this film. 
for these people. But from their point of view, it's high. She's asleep, witch. <laughs> Burn her. That's not... Okay, yeah. Right. So Anton runs to the house looking for Maria, but finds Frida pretending to be the sleeping Maria. And he gives her a hug. Purely out of kindness, obviously. Obviously, who wouldn't? And Gustav wakes the real Maria, who's shocked to find herself in a cell. Mm. And back at the house, Frida tries to mind-trick Anton, doesn't she? But um, she, there's lots of close-ups of uh, directly looking into the camera. Outside, Maria is being dragged to her imminent tanning session with the boys. Oh, yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. but she, at no point does she try and defend herself. She doesn't. She doesn't say a word, really, other than just scream a bit, does yeah. she? Yeah, well, she's out. So back in the bedroom, Frida stands up and um, undoes her nightgown. Now, Anton gets up and he's a bit hunched over for some reason. I, I can't imagine why. Tenting. Tenting. What, he's putting a tent up? Yeah, why not? Doing some camping. He's supposed yeah. to put it out, outdoors, well, no, no. not indoors. This is not the time for camping. Oh, <laughs> you're telling me. So he goes over and he, they have a bit of a snog. Mm. And um, he looks in the mirror. And he suddenly realises that she has no reflection. Right, it's a bit kinky kissing her and looking in the mirror while he's doing that, right? It'd be funny if he didn't stop, though, would it? It's just it's like, eh, whatever, I'm still getting and some. You, you just get a shot of the guy in the mirror going, with his tongue. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been done before in a film. Someone must have been done that. Yeah. This time the effect isn't as good, is it? Because the double's all wrong for a start, and the actor's hands are in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doesn't quite match. So they struggle, and um, Frida's snarling and showing her fangs. Um, but grabbing a crucifix, he throws it at her, and she falls back onto the bed, the cross burning into her hand. Anton jumps onto a horse, and uh, he flees. I, I mean, he runs away. He don't run but away, he's on a horse. Yeah, well, the horse that'd runs be, away for him. That'd be really him. weird if he was there to The horse run runs away for him, horse. he's just sat on the horse. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, that's usually how you ride it. Okay. So at the burning, they're about to uh, light the touch paper as Kathy runs in, begging the them to paper. stop. The touch paper. That's what you do when you set a bonfire up, isn't it? Okay. And I've been, I've been to uh, bonfire nights. Oh, you've been to a few burnings of women, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I've been to a few witch burnings in my time. Okay. As Kathy runs in, begging them to stop and blaming the count. He's a, she says he's a right count. Couldn't help it, I had but the men, they just take it to one side and ignore her, don't they? They do. Because men mm-hmm. don't listen to women, right, sisters? That's right. But they do listen to Anton. He's a bloke. They would. Yep. But I do like the way that one of the Puritans sidles up nonchalantly to Gustav. And he says, look, I know it's been a heck of a day. All right, evil niece. Last batch of crucifixes is all arriving from the supplies with a wonky shaft. You know, your, your, your hemorrhoid problem. Blurring up again. It's nasty, you know, that burning sensation. So, you know, I'm more than happy to take the lead on this one, boss. You know, just kick off your shoes or your boots, as it were. Loosen your tights and uh, I'll burn the evil out of the girl for you. Yeah, that's good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but Gustav, he's not having any of that. And he takes the torch. But suddenly Anton runs in and tells them that they've got the wrong girl. So they hold up a cross to Maria, and there's no effect. So they know that they've got the wrong girl. That's true. And Kathy tells them that the real Frieda is with the Count. Will you dare burn him, she asks. Now, later at the Brotherhood, 
Um, they're having a meeting, and the guys are suddenly reluctant to do anything that might bring down the wrath of the Emperor upon them. Yeah, well, they don't want to get in trouble with uh, the boss. Exactly. But both Anton and Gustav call them out on it, don't they? They do. And making a decision, Gustav says, let's go. He says it like that. He says, let's go. Let's go. And cut to everyone getting their huge choppers sharpened. Well, you need a sharp chopper when you're facing a Dracula or a vampire. You do, and uh, Gustav, he's got the biggest one of all, hasn't he? He does, yeah, which is quite impressive considering he's not, you know, a young man. I know. I mean, it, it's it's quite thick and long, and it's got a kink in it. Yeah, but enough about yours. <laughs> Thanks, I'll take that. Um, <laughs> so off they all go to the castle. And at the castle, the Count and Frieda are unimpressed at the approaching mob. Let them come, he says. Fire will not burn us. It will melt our bodies, but without pain. I'm pretty sure that if you melt, you're screwed as well. Yeah, has he not seen any of these other vampire films? When the village starts coming towards you with flaming torches, and that's it, game over. (laughs) I was waiting for them to knock on the door and use the line from Scars of Dracula that so amused you. What was that? Open up, I've got something for you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They're all... They're all stood in a line, and from the camera angle, you can just see one person. Because <laughs> they're all hiding behind each other. Yeah. yeah. you got one fat guy who's trying to breathe in desperately. No, 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 you put him at front. You put Oh, yeah, because he'd hide everyone, wouldn't he? Yes. Yeah. See? God, you're not storming a bloody castle. Oh, uh, at my age, it's just not practical anymore. Tactical errors you'd make. I know. It's... Oh. We're all the villagers, they're all dead. Why? Because Paul put the fat guy at the back. <laughs> well, probably I'd be the fat guy, so I'd be wherever I was put, so... And actually, you'd rather be at the back. What do you mean by that? Because well, you'd like to survive. Oh, all right. So all's well, but ends well. <laughs> Very poetic of you, Colin. Yeah. All right. So in the woods, Joachim watches the mob approach. Does he just spend his time out in the woods waiting for stuff to look at? Yeah. He's just wandering around, staring at trees, um, shrubbery. Told you, dogging. Mm. So next, we get possibly my favourite scene in the entire movie. Oh, I'm glad there's one. Mm. So Jackie comes running into the castle. Yes, says the Count. We know they're coming. We're waiting for them. (laughs) Says Joachim. They have crosses, starts the count. Mm. They have stakes. Mm. And axes. Oh, shit balls. I don't think he says that last bit, but generally that's what happens. It's like a scene from Lassie. It is. It's Vampire give us a clue, isn't it, that he's playing with them? <laughs> he's like, is it a film? It's a book. <laughs> it's a book. Okay, uh, two syllables. First word... Giant. I can't believe I can't believe that this scene didn't play for laughs even back then. It is a weird scene. It is, yeah. So after slapping Frida for some reason, he just slaps her across the face for no reason at all. Does like it's not... her fault. And then he grabs her and he heads off for an old escape tunnel. And as Joachim starts to follow, the count says, "Oh no, no, um, see this tunnel? It's a bit on the small side, and uh, well, you know how the missus is. So why don't you uh, stay here and hold them off, and I'm sure you'll be fine." And what he actually says is, um, 
someone needs to defend the place and I'm going this way, she's going that way and you're my only help. So... It's you. Your job. <laughs> Checks in the mail. Bye. I don't think he's going to need it. Nope, I don't think so either. So the mob burst into the castle. Kirstein and Frida run through the tunnels. And in the castle, a fight breaks out between the men and Joachim. Joachim burns one fellow with a torch while chopping open another skull. Mm. And we get lashings of that Kensington gore that we've talked about in the past. We do, yeah. But eventually, they overpower him, and one of the Puritans rams a huge stake right into his guts. Love, oh, not that kind of steak. Okay. No, no, no. I love a steak rammed into my guts. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And uh, the, ex- the guts, they explode in a shower of red paint, like a pop balloon, don't they? They do, yeah. And in the tunnel, Count opens the door, and he says to, he says to Frida... <laughs> go first. <laughs> you, you go first, love. Um, you know, just just, just, if, just go. Don't, don't yeah, worry. Yeah. Nobody there... And I'm not doing it because I want you to uh, see and find out if there's anybody there. But, you know, go first, love. There you go. There you go. Lady, ladies before gentlemen. Uh, you know, age before beauty. Blah, blah, blah. Bye. I've got, I've got to say, I'm loving this guy's style. Uh, it does uh, ring home for you, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he says, um, he says, you go out first and I'll, and I'll keep watch. So out she goes and um, suddenly <laughs> she's grabbed by Gustav. And he decapitates her with his big chopper. Yeah, no messing. No messing about here. And it's quite an effective moment, isn't it? I mean, um, all right, it looks a bit hokey by today's standards, but it must have been shocking at the time, I would have thought. Yeah, and you don't expect him to do it. No. So shitting himself, Casting run, runs back inside and slams the door as Gustav prays over Freda's body. And meanwhile, Maria, sensing that something has happened to Freda, runs off to look for her. Yeah. So finding one of Frida's shoes, Maria has her back turned as the door slowly opens. The Count grabs her and pulls her inside. Pulls her inside the castle, not oh. pulls her inside. Yeah. Be messy. In the castle, everyone is looking for the Count. When he appears at the top of the stairs, threatening to throw Maria down. Mm. I'm not quite sure of his plan at this point. No, it's a weird plan. Like, So he's he's got her and he's going to say like, if you come for me, I'll throw her down and kill her. Um, but <laughs> and then, then I've got no human shield. Yeah, then what am I going to do? Um, but if you let me go, i got to carry her all the way. Pretty much. It's not, a, it's not a great plan, is it? Not brilliant, no. No. He's done better in yeah. this movie. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the, the shoving Frieda out the door was probably his best plan. Dad is a work of genius, yes. It is, yes. Yeah. So, um, unbeknownst to uh, Karnstein, Gustav is sneaking up behind him, mm. removing an axe from the wall. Unfortunately for Karnstein, <clears throat> he's too preoccupied with snarling and cackling to notice Gustav creeping up on him, isn't he? He is, yeah. But Gustav... He kind of mucks it up a bit because he shouts no at him before he sort of attacks him. Yeah. And putting Maria down, the two men face each other. And um, Kirsten says to him, just one blow. And it must be here, as he gestures to his neck, or you will join the devil's souls. 
Never a good idea to give your adversary pointers on how to defeat you, is it? Not really. No. I would be like, like I'd be like just one blow and then indicate just slightly to the right of me against the wall. Just one well, blow may, right here. He may well have done that, really, because mm. luckily for the count, Gustav doesn't listen to a thing he's just said and plants the axe in the door right beside his head. Yep. Lousy shot. So slapping Gustav, Karstan takes the axe and throws it into Gustav's back before throwing him out over the balcony. Oh, yeah, but we get like a minute of Peter Cushing doing a wonderful dying scene. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's a great death scene, isn't it? I noticed it? you glossed over that because of your boyfriend. No, it's a great scene. I love the little touch of the sign on a cross that he makes just before... That's um, right, he does. Just before he dies. And it's a good shot when he lands on the uh, staircase at the bottom as well and he slides down it. Yeah. I like that. So Snarling Karstein is about to bite Maria when... With remarkable aim, you've got to say, Anton throws a huge spear, hitting Karnstein square in the heart. And as Karnstein turns into a skeleton, although I'm not sure why, because he's not that old. Yeah, I didn't understand that either, because in mm -hmm. previous vampire films, it was because they were hundreds of years old. That's why they, yeah. once the, I don't know what you call it, the magic or the spirit had left them, they reverted to who they would be at that time. Mm -hmm. But he's not been dead that long. No. Nope. So. But, okay, we'll let that one go. So as he turns into a skeleton, Anton and Maria embrace. And that's the end of Twins of Evil. So, Colin, what did you think of this film? It's entertaining. I can't deny that. But mm -hmm. I find it to be entertaining in the sense of that it's like a McDonald's. You know, I've, I've eaten it. I'm sated for that period of time that I was watching it. But I've forgotten all about it afterwards. Do you think that's the... The fault of the film or the fault of the fact that you don't really engage with these kind of films generally anyway well it's, it's got to be the fault of the film why would it be mine <laughs> oh yeah silly me <laughs> the story is a bit eh ropey mm -hmm. in places the acting is terrible not in peter cushion or some of the more character actors dennis price etc but obviously the two main female characters are not very good. Mm -hmm. It seems very similar to other vampire films that I've seen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, especially the ending. They, they all kind of end the same way, don't they? Yeah. Really? I didn't hate it. Mm -hmm. I just didn't really think much of it. But I love the fact that it was 82 minutes, 89 <laughs> minutes. Love that. More it does that. fly by, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, I can't argue mm -hmm. with that. Like, it didn't blow my socks off. So not a hit for you, then? No. I, I, I'm sure there must be better Hammer films out there. Did you enjoy this one more than Scars of Dracula, the other Hammer film that we've done so far, or less? I think I preferred Scars of Dracula to this. Scars oh. of Dracula had a better story. And it had Dennis Waterman. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with that, can you? Okay. I mean, you know, he could be so good for me. Oh. <laughs> now I'm regretting that. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer Scars of Dracula to this as well. Oh. Okay. But I'm fully aware that this Hammer production was made long past the studio's golden era. You know, it, it was well over by this point. As you say, it's a basic story. And in many ways, it's, as you say, a retread of some of the better movies. Yeah. Know. And it feels like it's just a vehicle for those two actors. Yes, two it is. It is. But having said that, I'm a huge fan of Hammer, as you know, and especially when it includes Peter Cushing, as we've discussed. Mm-hmm. He's never given a bad performance to my mind. I can't think of anything. Even bad films, he's still watchable in them. Right. I can forgive this film many of its shortcomings because Peter Cushing's in it, I think. 
Um, Damien Thomas is definitely no Christopher Lee. I mean, in many ways, his acting choices are laughable at times, right. I think. He plays it, he, it's so melodramatic the way he plays it. There's no charisma. There's no charisma Which there at all. Which you kind of need for, uh, and I know he's not Dracula, but he's that mm-hmm. equivalent of, you kind of need that. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. As you say, the the, the two um, the two twins are watchable, but talentless. But there's quite a few unintentionally hilarious moments in this film, which mm-hmm. I enjoy. Okay. Um, and I, again, it's a testament to the fact of what Hammer could do with a nothing budget. They're amazing, really. The, the, the level of skill that obviously went into these productions and what they get out of the production values looks a lot more than the money that's been put into it, I think. That's a fair point. I would agree with that. But for what it is, it moves pretty fast. <laughs> that should go it, on it the moves, poster. doesn't it? Yeah, it moves. And there's zero pretension about it, which I enjoy. Right. But it's not a hit. I, I like it. I always enjoy it. But I, in all good conscience, you're right. There are a lot better Hammer movies out there. Okay. So I can't in good conscience say it's a hit. Right. But I enjoy it. So it's a miss for both of us. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, that was the end of Twins of Evil. But if you're interested in Hammer and all things British horror, then you should check out the really good podcast, The Very British Horror, which is hosted by Paul Monk and Chris Denton. Really informative, really good. But obviously listen to all of ours first. Yeah. You know, you know, listen to us first. But after that, feel free to enjoy them. So if you enjoyed this episode and you have a film or TV show that you'd like us to cover, then you can email us at retrospection at email.com. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at RetroSpecky. And check out our Spotify playlist where you can listen to some of the music from all of the things that we previously talked about. And if you feel like you'd like to help us keep the electricity on here at Retrospection, you can donate to our Patreon page. Uh, you'll receive a, a mention on the show and our undying gratitude, which is a fair comment, I would say. Yeah, patreon.com forward slash Retrospection. Yeah, you do the business end. Okay. I'll do the charisma. All right. So, Colin... What are we talking about next time? Oh, well, we're delving into a British science fiction TV series that ran from 1987 to... Oh, 1987. <laughs> That's Stir Cops, starring David Calder and Eric Ray Evans as uh, an international space police force led by Nathan Spring in 2027. And then Stir Cops are made up of officers from all over the world based on a space station and then later on the moon. I'm looking forward to this one. I haven't seen this for a long time. Oh, okay, so it should be good. So, join us again, Star Cops. And until then, bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.